Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Twatty and Larry in for Damon and Ratto today on 95.7 The Game and now brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. Nice enough to join us, the outstanding head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. So, Coach, the second half underway. What would you say was the aspect of last night's contest that you were least satisfied with? Um, I think just uh, our our attention to detail. You know, we go into the game knowing Malik Beasley is their best shooter, and that's a, a big focal point in the game is to make sure we uh, we don't let him free and and there were three or four plays where we just completely lost him and that's a lot lack of focus a lack of uh of awareness of of the game plan and what we have to do to win the game and um you know that's that's where we've we've got to get better and and it's ultimately it's it's up to me to make sure that happens i mean i'm the, i'm the coach and I'm accountable for that, and um, that was the most disappointing aspect. Steve, good to talk to you again. I, I was I was really sad to uh, to hear of Ray Ray Ritter's sister uh, passing, and it was yes. he was yeah. there last night, and um, you know, just I I love that guy, and and I think she's I just think the world of him. I know so many people do. Um, please pass along our thoughts and prayers to uh, to him and his family. There is no better person in the game than Ray. Yeah, he's the best. He's uh, he's just such an incredible asset for our organization and such a great ambassador. I mean, every media person out there uh, on the national level just adores Raymond because he takes care of everybody. He's so good at his job. And um, yes, his sister passed away and, and Raymond is at the funeral today. And uh, so everybody with the Warriors and everybody who knows Raymond is, is thinking about him today. Um, as far as the team, I mean, some of the, the transition defense is something that you've emphasized. It was it was it was rough last night. Uh, the ability to defend without fouling—it just seems like it's just an elusive thing where the guys just never quite kind of have settled into a defensive rhythm. And it seems like the defensive struggles are exacerbated on the road. Is there any common denominators to any of this stuff, Steve? Well, I think so. I mean, you know, the, the, the first part of your question, I mean, you know, it, it's the, the, the game is connected. I always talk about it. You know, if you take a lousy shot, you're, you're going to be vulnerable in transition. You know, you've got to make the defense move. You've got to work for a good shot to get the defense to rotate. And then if you get a clean look, then you're much more likely to have good balance 
um, in your transition defense. And I thought last night we took a, a, a bunch of difficult shots that were uh, that led to really poor defensive balance. And we also, you know, had some uh, just some careless plays. Where, you know, maybe we didn't take a bad shot, but we, you know, just a careless pass, whatever it was. And you know that's one of the keys going into any game with the Lakers, knowing that you know they're number two in the league in pace. We're number one; they're number two. So um, you know those are those are areas where, when you're on the road, it, it's you're especially vulnerable um, to transition, and you've got to be, I think, even better with your shot selection and with with the, your ability to connect the game. And coach, to that point, and with how connected aspects of the game are, how does the absence of Steph Curry's offense make things tougher for you at the other end of the floor? Well, um, Steph takes some crazy shots, but they go in. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when the ball goes in and the uh, the opponent has to take it out of the net, that's an extra couple of seconds, and and you're back. You know, and and uh, so just the difference of the ball going in or not uh, makes such a difference uh, defensively. You know, and there's all kinds of advanced stats on this stuff. You know, um, your defense improves dramatically uh, after a made basket. Uh, over you know after a missed basket for that simple reason you're you're back you're, you get your defense set they have to take it out so um, you know the other area where Steph I mean the, I shouldn't say the other I should say one of many areas <laughs> where Steph just makes a dramatic difference is that he he puts the fear of God in the defense and all of a sudden he's generating a ton of rotation from the defense um, that that lead to breakdowns um and so even if he's not making a shot you know somebody else is is getting free for a layup um the defense gets demoralized there's an emotional component to what steph does as well so look he's one of the greatest players in the history of the game so this is not news to anybody but um you know he's his absence is definitely felt but um doesn't mean we can't win games we've we've actually held up decently this year um, in games without him. Um, but last night was not one of them. Uh, Jordan Poole. I mean, I, you know, Poole is so fun to watch, but I'm looking at his numbers. His shooting percentage from three is down. His his free throw shooting percentage is down considerably. When I'm watching him, sometimes I, I, I just feel like yelling at the TV, you know, go to the rim, go to the rim. This guy is so aggressive, so can be so deadly uh, when, he, when he attacks the rim. Have you discussed it all with him? I mean, or is there anything that you and the staff can point to as to why we've seen the regression in his shooting? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is he's getting uh, a lot more attention uh, now than he did a year ago. You know, last year he started the first half of the year next to Steph. Steph got all the attention. Steph drew the best defender. Um, you know, now teams are game planning for Jordan. They understand how important he is for us, so they're putting their best defender on him. You know, Schroeder was all over uh, Jordan. Uh, last night and a couple weeks ago when we played the Lakers, and that was you know the probably you know at the top of the Lakers list in terms of their their keys for the game was just you know try to make things as difficult as possible uh, for Jordan because he's so so crucial for us. So you, you, got, you have to remember he's still a very young player, and 
you know, I, I think with young players, it, it's um, there's there's always going to be some regression. You know, progress is never linear. There's always going to be ups and downs, and this has been a really good learning process for Jordan. He's he's starting to to understand some different aspects of the game and and um, and understand his importance and his place in all of it. And it's uh, it's great experience for him, but it's you know it's it's not. Not easy, not easy for anybody, but especially for him because there's, you know, he's got a lot of pressure on him. And uh, but he's a great young guy, and he works works his tail off, and he's, um, you know, he wants it badly. So I, I know, I know he's going to do everything to to get better. Catching up with Steve Kurtz, Whitey and Larry, in for Damon and Ratto. Coach, I got to ask you about something that I, you know, fans are frustrated with. I can't imagine anyone is as frustrated as you by the fact that your team, as you've pointed out many times. You're aware of some of the mistakes you're making in terms of too many fouls, too many turnovers, and yet the mistakes continue. I know Ty Jerome talked about it last night, reaching the silly fouls. We've got to avoid those. So when a team makes the same mistakes and we know they're aware of them, um, do we have to conclude that there's a physical element there, that other teams are taking advantage of something, some physical area of weakness that, that your team simply can't overcome just by being aware of the disadvantages? Well, you know, some fouls, if we're, if we're going to, you know, talk about the fouls for a second, I mean, some of them are because we, you know, get blown by or whatever, and now we're vulnerable and, and, um, you know, we're going to, we, we rotate and we're out of position. And so we foul. That, that happens in every game to every team. Um, I don't mind those when it's just something that's physical, you know, something that's where, you know, we get beat by a guy and, and the help is there, but the guy draws a foul and makes a good play. You know, that's going to happen. Uh, the ones that drive us crazy as coaches are just the reaches, you know, the, uh, the plays where we don't have to foul, and, and yet we do. I think we had four fouls in the first three minutes of the third quarter uh, last night, and, you know, that's a game changer. Now they're in the bonus the, the rest of the way, and, and uh, several of them were reaches, and those are the ones that that are killers because you you can control those if your if your mind is right. And uh, again, you know, I'm the coach, so I gotta I gotta get this right. And uh, we've we've we, we emphasize it every day, but we got to go out and do it. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the third quarter because I, I really wanted to ask you about it. I mean, if you go back and look at third quarter differential in this whole run with the Warriors that you've been here through. I mean, you guys have led the NBA in third quarter differential almost every year outside of, you know, 2020, which was a down year. We all know why. But last year, you guys were plus 2.7, um, or plus 2.7, led the NBA in third quarter differential. This year, you guys are minus 0.3. It's 20th out of 30 teams. Is there anything that you can point to as why this team struggles now this year in the third quarter for the first time in years? Well, we're not the same team, so it's a different team, so everything's different. Sure. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're one game under 500 um, versus being whatever we were last year, probably you know, 15 games over 500, um, you're probably worse in every quarter. You know, um, I, I think. Um, you know the third quarter stuff from a few years ago. That was that was really you're talking about a veteran team, um, and you know with with guys you know Hall of Fame players in their prime um, who could figure out you know to lock down at you know a couple halftime adjustments and 
you know, maybe a mental shift and all right, it's time to go. You know, it's time to, to put this team to, to bed. And, uh, but that, that's not the team we are anymore. You know, we, 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 we're, we're older. And so, uh, you know, we've got guys missing more often. We're also younger. Um, so we've got guys who are, uh, you know, learning and growing and, and it's all part of the, uh, the process for this particular team. So, you know, every team's different. And, um, you know, I, I believe in our guys. I, I know we can get there. Um, but we've, we've just got a lot of work to do. Coach, uh, after the game, Clay Thompson said that everybody could learn from the way the guys on the floor at the end of the game, the way they played to finish up the game. The game had already been decided, but they uh, they played well offensively. What did you think of Clay's comments? And more importantly, can you give us any indication as to whether Clay is available tonight, second game of a back-to-back? Yeah, Clay's scheduled to play. But yeah, I agree with Clay. I mean, the, the, the young guys played really well down the stretch. I've really been pleased with... Uh, Moses Moody and his effort the last four or five games. You know he he's been out of the rotation for you know much of the season, but he's um, he's such an impressive young guy. The way he works, the way he carries himself, um, he's getting better. He's uh, he's putting in the work every single day. Patrick Baldwin Jr. also played well down the stretch, and uh, I thought Kaminga. You know, in, in those last five minutes, the way he moved the ball is that's what we want all the time you know catch it and move it and it creates a really good rhythm to the offense so these guys are all as as clay mentioned you know they're, they're talented they, they did a great job closing the game and um you know we have to to, to to be able to put together longer spurts of the game like that is it fair to say that pbj and and moses and perhaps are in line for more minutes here going forward I think uh, I, I I would love uh, to to get them both in. It's always a numbers game. You you know you got a lot of guys uh, on the roster. You've got uh, different needs based on combinations. Who's out? Uh, who's who's in? Uh, but I would love to get uh, get them out there before long. It's just uh, it's it's not easy because of uh, you know like I said the the different factors involved and the combinations that you're looking for. Uh, the the two way guys. I mean, you, you obviously really like these guys. Their their net rating, Steve, doesn't look great. But obviously, you and the coaching staff feel like they have earned the minutes. What what are these guys doing that you're maybe not seeing from the young guys that would kind of that would put them in front of some of your younger players as far as minutes are concerned? Well, some of it is positional. You know, um, Ty Jerome is is. The, the most traditional point guard on our team. Um, you know, he's a, a his assist to turnover ratio is off the charts. When he goes in, the game settles down. When he gets us into our offense, uh, he he gets the ball moving. He's he he's got a beautiful pick and roll game. You know, that floater in the lane. The game just calms down when he's out there. And so with Steph out, we desperately need uh, Ty's uh, capability at point guard. And Lamb, it's you know he's he's the one uh, guy who can kind of play the four position and really stretch the floor. You know he had a tough shooting night last night. But this guy shot forty percent from three for the year. Uh, he makes plays off the dribble. He's an excellent passer, and he's got a big, strong body. Uh, he's capable of of uh, standing up to uh, to people who are attacking him. And both guys uh, have experience. They just they make a lot of the little plays that uh, 
you know, fans probably don't uh, quite recognize that coaches are all over uh, because that's all we do day after day. And, uh, and we know that those things uh, lead to, um, you know, to, to better play for the group. So um, it's all about, um, you know, really earning minutes and, and doing things that are going to help the team win. And both of those guys have, have done a lot of that this year. Obviously, without Andrew, you had to improvise uh, a little bit. Were you happy with the starting lineup? Is that one we're likely to see again? I, you know, I, I think it's going to be flexible. Why do you I mean we, we've uh, because of the injuries? Uh, we it, it may be a matchup thing, depending on who we're playing from night to night. Um, but you know, by by separating Draymond and Loon, uh, we're able to always have one of them on the floor. Uh, at at all times, and that's really important for us. So, you know, they're two of our best players, and Loon um, just gets us stabilized. He gets us calmer, uh, and so having his presence off the bench uh, with some of these younger guys who are coming in, and uh, he's a good stabilizing force. You know, the West is wide open. It's, it's so so many years, it seems like the final stretch of the regular season, I don't want to say it doesn't have a lot of significance, but it feels like you got teams that are looking towards vacation and teams that are dialing it up for the playoffs. This year, you got so many teams, Steve, battling for playoff spots. Um, I, I think down the stretch, it could be almost like a baseball pennant race this year where you're just literally scoreboard watching. That all being said, I'm amazed what Palenka and the Lakers have been able to get done. I, I see them making a huge fast charge here in the final part of the season. Do you envision that as well, based on what you've seen? Yeah, they, they've made some good moves over the off or over the trading deadline, and um, you know you can see that the the puzzle fits a lot better now with the shooting that they've added. Uh, you know, the energy of, of Vanderbilt, the defense. And, Easily made seven threes last night. You know he's a good fit uh, next to those guys. So uh, they did a lot of good things, and uh, they're clearly much better now than they were, you know, just a few weeks ago. Steve, you've been saying since November that you wanted your team to play with more of a sense of urgency, and it seemed like you had an idea before a lot of people that hey, this isn't really going the way we needed to. Are you at least? We know you guys are extremely shorthanded. This is a real challenge right now. Are you satisfied with the level of urgency that your players are? feeling and, and are playing with right now? Well, not against the Lakers. Um, you know, I mentioned Malik Beasley making seven threes. Uh, he was a huge part of the scouting report. Um, there wasn't enough urgency, um, clearly. So um, we're going to have to show that over these last 23 games because we're in a in a fight with the rest of the West for, for playoff positioning. And, and there's going to be, you know, three teams left out completely, not, not even making the, uh, the play-in. When you look at um, you know the standings from four to thirteen, there's very little difference from in in everybody's uh, in that span. So, you know, we we we've got to show a, a much greater sense of urgency and intensity, and uh, you know, it's got to start soon. You know, it's been a, it's been a frustrating year in a lot of ways. I know you have stated multiple times that you're confident that this team can kind of flip, not flip a switch, but get to that get to that championship level and maybe make a run at defending this title. Do, do the play? Do you sense a belief from the players? I know they want to believe, but as the as the season goes further along and you guys are sub five hundred, do you sense that their belief at all in your guys' title uh, defending ability is waning? I think uh, there have been times when our guys have been 
frustrated, you know, and, and uh, maybe lost a, a, a little bit of energy. I thought last night, uh, you know, the guys got discouraged in that third quarter. Um, and I think some of that is, is, you know, Steph is the guy who gives us, you know, that that, that mojo, that, that sense of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of confidence and, and even a little bit of arrogance. And so his absence means that it's, uh, we're more fragile, uh, than we would be otherwise. But again, we've, we've played without him quite a bit this year and we've, uh, we've won our share of games and we can continue to, uh, to, to do that. But ultimately we all know if we're going to do anything, uh, significant this season, we're going to have to get healthy and, and that's the goal, you know, to, to tread water and make sure we're, we're, you know, hanging in there and then, you know, hopefully get everybody healthy and, and, uh, active. And if we have that in place, I, I think this team feels like they can beat anybody in a, in a playoff series. Steve, we know you're not a doctor. Probably could have been if you wanted to be, but, and, and we know that, <laughs> you know, we have no idea. I know Steph's going to be reevaluated in another week. I understand that. Is there anything you can share with us about what you have seen from him, what he's been doing, how he just looks to you? Again, we're not asking, when's he going to be back? We'd love to know, right, but we right. don't know. Is there anything you can share with us about what he has been doing and how he looks doing it? Well, he's been on the court uh, the last couple of days. We practiced at UCLA uh, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, you know, before the uh, the Laker game. And uh, he was on the court and uh, getting an individual workout. And uh, I didn't see it, but I talked to him afterwards. He told me he felt good. It's, you know, his, uh, his work is coming along well, and, and he'll continue with that, and then we'll reevaluate, uh, you know, in a week or so. But uh, he's coming along well. You know, I've asked you this question before because you know I, I've talked to you and I've I've said to you, hey, you know, you could be a you could have a political future, you could be yeah. on television, you could do a lot of things, and you've always maintained to me, hey, I'm a basketball coach, I love doing this. I'm just kind of wondering this year with all the ups and downs, all the questioning of your rotations, is it fun for you still? Is this year been fun for you? And if you have the choice uh, next year, do you want to coach this team next year? Oh, I love coaching, and I love coaching this team, and uh, and I want to do this for a long time to come. And um, you know, I think the one thing that you have to have in this business is perspective, and um, part of that perspective is that uh, you know there's going to be some highs, and we've had some incredible highs over the years, including last year, you know, winning our fourth title. And there's going to be plenty of lows too, and we've had a lot of those this year. And it's it's all about just you know continuing to work every day continuing to provide what the players need in terms of instruction and culture and uh, accountability and try, trying to get everybody moving forward every day I love that I love working with this great staff that I have and with our front office so uh, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else um, and then you, you you also have to mix in the perspective of it's pro sports so you, you, there's no guarantees of anything so you, you don't you don't spend too much time worrying about any of that stuff. You just you just go. You do the best you can, and uh, you see see where it all where it all uh, lays out at the end. Coach.
Coach, as always, we appreciate your time. You're so uh, gracious and, and patient, especially after, you know, tough losses. But I got to get in a Kavon Looney question, you know, before <laughs> we go. So Kavon Looney, the rebounding numbers are incredible. To me, he has become just very adept at grabbing long misses, and there are more of those mm -hmm. than there ever were in the NBA. And seeing him at the foul line, almost like an outfielder making a play. Am I right? Is that one of the keys to his rebounding success? He's become so good at fielding, if you will, those longer rebounds? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got such long arms, uh, so he, he he plays bigger than he actually is uh, from a height perspective. But um, I think where he's really improved the last a uh, couple of seasons is his anticipation of where the ball is going and his movement uh, when the ball's in midair. He seems to be a half count ahead of everybody else. And then he uses those long arms and, and his strength to, uh, to you know wedge his way to where the ball's going. And um, he's become a brilliant rebounder. And, um, you know, he's our rock. He's, he's, Loon is good every single night. You know, he, he's, uh, he does everything that we, we ask and more. And, uh, we're, we're, we're just lucky to have him. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Good All luck right. tonight. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Talk Coach. To you later. Okay. Got to give you credit, Larry. You asked some of those questions that I dared you to, to ask him. Well done. Well played. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Did you get the answers you were looking for? No. Not at all. Now, you know, I, I mean, Steve's in a tough spot. I mean, it's, it, it hasn't gone all, you know, smoothly this year. There seems to be some front office coaching staff disconnect. When Myers came out the other day and said, you know, I we, didn't, we I didn't can get an eight-foot yeah. player in here, but if the coaching staff's not going to play him, well, I mean, that... You may be... I didn't hear it that way, but I understand what you're... I hadn't even thought of it that way. To me, it was just... Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, if they're not going to play. We got to all work together on this. I, I didn't really see a disconnect there, and you may be right. The reason I don't see a disconnect is there's no obvious player there about whom I can say, oh, well, this guy would have helped, but they didn't. They, I, I, maybe the coaches didn't want him. But I, I, to me, um, Bob Myers and Steve Kerr are really work well together. I just wonder if Bob Myers leaves if we're going to see like. Dominoes start to fall. Makes you wonder. One of them. Like if I said to you, Whitey, who is most likely to be here next year between Myers, Kerr, and Draymond? I mean, you just heard Kerr basically told us right here that you know that he, you know, sees himself, Kerr, wouldn't it? Sees himself back. Yeah. But I actually think that Draymond's not going to get more money in the free market than he's got next year on the option, so I think he's going to opt in. Yeah, 27 and a half next year, I think, for him, 27.6. But, you know, it could be a matter of if he wants to go somewhere else and he's able to get a longer-term deal, maybe they work something out. It's just a matter of if he wants to stick around, and if Myers is not here, maybe Draymond wants to move on. It's just, uh, there's no telling right now, but I could see how this thing, as great as it's been, it, it, all these things fall apart eventually, and we may be looking at that right now, this thing coming apart. I hope that's not the case. I mean, it doesn't sound like, it sounds like Steve wants to keep coaching and wants to see him keep coaching here and you would think with a guy with his resume that he would just have you know carte blanche to stay as long as he wants but next year would be his lame duck season and there aren't NBA coaches for the most part that you know definitely not with the clout of Steve Kerr and the resume of Steve Kerr that go into a lame duck season without a contract extension so what does that mean does that mean we're going to see one you know, right now, we're going to see one, you know, in, in this offseason. Is he going to sign an extension? I don't see him coming back as in a, in a lame duck situation. And as far as Myers goes, you know, a lot from the people that I'm talking to, 
Are these your moles? Uh, different moles. Okay. Yeah. But right. uh, but Sam, Barry's got moles all over the I've place. I've got all kinds of. Get to I've the got dermatologist. All kinds of all kinds of yeah. People whispering things to me. <laughs> but from what one of the things I've heard in the last day or two is that people close to the Warriors swear that Bob Myers is going absolutely nowhere. That Bob Myers will be the guy that's back next year. That he's, you know. That you know, obviously, he grew up going to Mon- what Monta Vista, right? He's a he's a lifelong Warrior fan, um, and but I always kind of figured maybe maybe th- this would come to an end. You got Kirk Lake up sitting there. You've got rumors of Dunleavy. Brent Brent Barry. Yeah. I've heard rumors that Brent Barry's is is you know may- who knows. I've heard people say Brent Barry's going to coach this team. I've heard people say Brent Barry's going to be the general manager of this team. Um, but from what I'm hearing. Myers is coming back, and then Kerr basically just told us that he's intending to come back. I actually think Draymond is more likely to exercise that option and stay with the Warriors because I think he's he's that's his best financial play. Mm-hmm. So all this talk about this thing coming to an end, it sounds like, in my mind, if you ask me, I would say that all three of those guys are back. Oh, something's got to give, though. Uh, on the text line here, Dre is here, pool traded when market value and contract goes up. Someone else here, 650, actually the same person saying pool is gone. Uh, we got you. Pool is, is someone I think they could trade if he finishes the year with decent numbers. And you and I have talked already about his shooting numbers are down. But if you're looking for a way out of the financial crunch and you're looking to get something back of value, pool to me would make sense. If I'm committed to continuing with the way Steve Kerr coaches this team, which I hope they are. Jordan Poole, to me, Lair, he's a ball stopper, and he's not a good defender, and his concentration is in and out, and he's inconsistent. And I know that they need him when Steph's out because he can score, but other than that, if I could get something of value for him, I would seriously consider it because I think if I'm linked to Poole, I'm linked to ups and downs, and it's just not... He doesn't play basketball the, the way the Warriors play basketball. You know, the interesting thing is he you're talking about next year. Now, this year he makes 3.9. Next year the extension kicks in. He makes 28.7. So if you were going to move Jordan Poole, you would have to bring back a significant uh, player. Mm-hmm. or And, and pro- my guess is probably an older player. Um, you know, we've I've heard people suggest Damian Lillard coming to the Bay. And th- I mean, that would be intriguing. I'll say this. I would be very e- eager to see that. Um, but... I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest Jordan Poole fan. Now, I, I love the fact that he works really hard. I love the fact that he's kind of a self-made player. I like when I hear people oh, yeah. say, "Hey, this guy's the la-, you know he's the first guy to show up every day. He's the last guy to leave." I love that kind of work ethic, and obviously, um, he's got huge talent on the offensive end of the floor. But to me, he doesn't. He's like he's, he's he plays such matador defense, mm-hmm. and, and it's just like. I, I really can't depend on him to shut down his guy um, to the point where there's several times in the game where he look he gets beaten on the defensive end. They show Kerr. Kerr looks exasperated by by Poole. Maybe that's just maybe it's you know maybe he's exasperated by something else. But it just seems there's been more than one occasion where Kerr seems like he's frustrated well, by Poole's at, inability to play any defense at all. Pardon me. To that very point, look at the clip that. Uh, Anthony Slater wrote about today the play where uh, LeBron's dribbling and Poole tripped him. You can see Draymond. Draymond's under the basket and puts his arms like like up like, what are you doing? I mean, who knows exactly what... But it was exactly the type of play you're talking about where there was no reason to trip uh, LeBron James there dribbling on perimeter. He's not hurting you. And it looked like Draymond was reacting to like, 
What? That's exactly the type of foul we cannot commit right now. Yeah. So it happened well, last I, night. Yeah, I mean, and, and Draymond is, you know, Draymond's like a coach. You know, Draymond's, uh, you know, probably one of the smartest players in the entire league. Maybe one of the smartest players in the history of the league. I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but I also don't want to understate it. I think Draymond Green is, is borderline genius basketball player. And if you're on his team and don't make the smart play... He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to button his lip and not say anything. Right. You know, yeah. he seems like Boy, the kind of guy that would probably I don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say anything, you know. I'm just going to I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let him be him. No. He's going to come out and kind of kind of say things. So, um, you know, that's the other thing. You know, people talk about Green. I think Green Draymond this year has played you know, tremendous, tremendous basketball. Very I mean, well. I mean, yeah. I, shootings up a little bit, three-point shooting. His yeah. shot's still flat from the perimeter. And it's like sometimes I'm watching him shoot those threes, and I'm like, can you try to put a little bit more arc on the ball? Because it's just um, the the percentage of times that he hits the front rim on his three-point shots is just seems like really, really high. Yeah, it's not a good-looking shot. I think it's got a little better. I think they made an adjustment last night. I think Van Gundy might have talked about this. When Draymond's running point, he's a very good passer, but I don't have to guard him. Right, so my guard—it really limits some of the passing lanes because I can—I don't—I don't have to guard him. And then last night it seemed like they ran him. He was on the post more, running the offense room on the post, which opened up more things. So he's just not an offensive threat right now. That—that—that that, that definitely seemed to be an adjustment, a tweak that worked to some degree. But last night was a lost cause. Let me ask you this: You mentioned yeah. Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard said something really interesting. I thought during the All Star break, Dame Lillard said he thinks he's the greatest player in Trailblazer history. And he didn't say it both. He said, yeah, I just think I am. And it's uh, that's pretty hard to argue with. Who would you say, who else in the NBA right now? I mean, what about Drexler? Yeah, I think, uh, to me it's Dane, but you can make a case for Drexler. Walton. You could say Walton, but Walton wasn't there that late. They won the championship. It wasn't Walton. That, I mean, that was the best of Walton. 77, yeah. He was phenomenal, and he was really good the next year. Then he got hurt. Then he wasn't very good again until he went to the to the Celtics. But, well, he had a few good years in there. Who else on their team right now do you think we could say he's the best player in, in his franchise's history? Shea Gilgis Alexander? No way. Uh, no, that's not even true because they, yeah, they had Kevin Durant. They had D- but I love, Steph, I love right? Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. I do Alexander. too. I do too. <laughs> he's one of my favorite players. Yeah. Uh, who's Steph, the greatest player Steph, in the history the greatest, of the yeah, Sacramento greatest. Kings? Is it Sabonis? Probably Webb. Phil um, Phil Ford. <laughs> well, if you include Kansas City, yeah. then you know Mark then you, Olberding, then you got like freaking Oscar and Nate Archibald in those. Yeah, guys. yeah. But what about like would Giannis be? Is he the greatest Milwaukee Buck ever, or would it be when Kareem was there? Well, yeah, I mean Kareem. You had Marcus Johnson. You had Sidney Moncrief. Mm-hmm. You had Terry Cummings. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all great. Yeah, those guys are all great. Jokic is he the greatest Denver Nugget uh, of all time? You had Issel. Yeah, had English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Alex English, maybe. Michael Michael Adams. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Michael Adams and Michael Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is Steph the, Steph's the greatest warrior, though, ever, right? I know we're talking about freaking Will. He's the best Golden Rick be- greatest Golden State warrior. But you don't think he's the greatest in. I mean, Chamberlain? You gonna put him in front of Chamberlain? I think I might. Chamberlain uh, just has so such a dominant statistical monster. I mean,. I mean, not even on the floor, off the floor too. I mean, yes, yes, know. I understand. You know, yeah, but yeah, pro- averaging fifty points Wilt a game, was and all that. Prolific, he was. He was prolific. Well, he would have us believe, and <laughs> yeah, you may have exaggerated a little, but who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. but I think <laughs> well, Steph's impact on the game is that great with the four championships because 
you know, Will, and then he played for the other teams. That's one Who's, thing I take into account. Is Steph has just only been a warrior? Okay, I it's it's I, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's 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 a toss up. It's Wilt or Steph, right? You're putting Steph I think over so. Rick. Yeah, I mean Jeff Mullins, but probably yeah, you're probably right. It's <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Mullins. <laughs> don't forget uh, Terry Teagle. You know, no, don't forget yeah, Terry I Teagle. Did. I've, How about Dallas? Guilty. Is Nowitzki or Luca? It's Dirk, but I think Luca's. But on. There's also Kid and Mashburn and those guys. They were they were right. They had some pretty good players. I'm I thinking of some of the early teams. Because Dirk is like top six in scoring all time, whatever. But I think Luca may be on track. Um, yeah, I mean, who's the greatest Raptor of all time? Vince Kawhi Carter. Kawhi was just there the one year. Um, yeah, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is Bosch. a good one. There you go. Yeah. Um, there was. What Charles do you Barkley do with Utah Nash. Jazz and New Orleans Pelicans? Do you combine them and say Pete Maravich? No, because that's two different. The Pelicans are not the Jazz. Right. The, the New Orleans Jazz is the Utah Jazz. But is it Carl Malone? Um, is it uh, Pete Maravich? Is it John Stockton? Probably is Carl Malone. Although, I don't know why he had anything to do with the All-Star game, given some of the things it's that... It's amazing what that people have just kind of, you know, just have ignored the the ugly past of Carl Malone. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's like it didn't happen. You do, is, do Utah fans not recognize that as a legitimate story? or I don't know. It was a little uncomfortable, but then, luckily, it was the All-Star game, and nobody saw it. I thought Aaron Rodgers, you know, going into the darkness for four days, a little bit of an experience. Extreme measure to avoid the NBA All-Star game, but it's probably worth it. Job Morant, the greatest Grizzly of all time? No. Pau Gasol's on the phone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But Jaw's on track, say Zach Randolph or somebody. By the end of his career, I think Devin Booker could be the best Phoenix Sun of all time. Walter Davis? That's pretty, a good one. He pretty could awesome. be. Yeah. Dan, Dan Hawkins Dan on way Thunder back. Marley. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Chambers. Uh-huh. Steve Nash won two MVPs. He did. That's Steve Nash. Shame on all of us for taking that long to the get Matrix. to Steve Nash. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought that was interesting that Dame said that. And uh, Greatest Clipper of all time? Who's that? Ah, boy. Um, Kawhi? Well, see, they used to be the Buffalo Braves, and Bob McAdoo is sure good. Sure. I'm kind of dodging your... Uh, Dame yeah, well, if you want to go old school, old school, yeah, Bob Bob McAdoo, for sure. Yeah. Bob yeah. McAdoo. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm with I'm with Dame. OKC, Supersonic. See, that's the thing when you said uh, Shea Gilgis. You got to consider the other Thunder players and all the Seattle Supersonics. Big country. <laughs> Big country. It's a nomination for the Grizz. Yeah. And Andre Karolinko, the greatest Utah Jazz, to be dunked on from the 510. There you go. Yeah. Baron Davis yeah. over AK-47. Yeah. Who had that, had that arrangement with his wife where they, he could have a, he could be like furloughed for one day a year, right? That's right. That's right. That's an open relationship. Andre, AK-47, Andre Karolinko. And now we got AR-15, Austin Reeves, who dominated the Warriors last night. So the game tonight, here's what we got. The Warriors and the Rockets. Andrew Wiggins remains out tonight against the Rockets. Due to the personal reasons, everyone's wondering. Not a lot of people know. I don't even know if Larry's moles know what's going on. And I'm not making light of it. It's whatever it is. It's obviously a serious personal thing. So we'll just have to wait and see. We may never find out what it is, but we have to wait and see how long he's going to be out. Draymond Green, questionable. Right knee contusion. Um, let's see. Jalen Green, Kevin Porter out for the Rockets tonight. And then at last check, Clay was on track to play. And that's just something right there, Larry. The fact that... This He's going to play back-to-backs now? Yeah, and it'd be the second time he did. And Steve Kurd said earlier this year, I don't know if that's going to happen. But it's a good sign because, yeah, Clay is feeling better. But also a sign that 
we need you right yeah, now. I was gonna say, <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's a great sign for them, for him, but it's a better sign for the Warriors because they need him. I mean, they desperately need him out there. Um, and tonight's going to be interesting because there's a little pressure, mm-hmm. and I expect a, I expect a ton of energy by Golden State in the first quarter. Um, you know, I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy and and take control of the game. What did you think? I asked Steve about that third quarter differential, and I want I want to get your thought on that as well. I, you know, a buddy of mine looked this up. The Warriors in 20, 2015, uh, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 20, all those years they led the NBA in that third quarter point differential. Last year they led the NBA at plus 2.7. This year they're minus 0.3. It's 20th in the league out of 30 teams. Do you see anything? that is different coming out of the locker room at halftime than you've seen in previous years? I mean, the Warriors have literally paced the NBA. Now, granted, it's different teams every year, but there's a number of different teams that they had that did lead the NBA, almost to the point where we kind of expected Golden State to dominate the third quarter time and time again. That's not happening this year, and I think no. that's a big part of, of their struggles. It's funny you say that because a couple weeks ago they were playing, I think it was the Raptors on an NBA TV game, and it was halftime, and Isaiah Thomas says, you know, third quarter... You know what the Warriors do in the third quarter? And I'm at home going, they don't do that anymore. You're wrong. That's not a thing. That right. doesn't happen anymore. It used to be a thing for yeah. a long time. It's yeah, just- it's just that's not the case anymore. They're just, I mean, they're just not good enough anymore. They don't do that at any point. They, but he, they but can't here's even the thing. string together wins. The part that I don't get, Whitey, is that if their first quarter team, the starting five, has the best point differential in the league, and it's those same guys who are usually starting the third quarter. So if they've got the best starting five in basketball, what is it about when they when they take the floor together in the third quarter that's not gelling? I don't have the numbers on this, but I would say, remember they used to get out in transition and they would boat race teams and they'd make a few shots and then they'd tilt the game in their favor and it would go downhill for them. And the other team would miss and they'd go down and score and score. And they defensively don't have the ability to get that kind of traction in the third quarter, first quarter, whatever. Where you know where they just take over a game in boat race teams, they can't get stops. So if you can't get stops, that's why they can't get anything going consistently. It's hard to get runs. It's hard to win a few games in a row. Um, it's hard to put together consecutive quarters. They just—it's all because defensively right now they are just a shadow of what they used to be. And that's to me all their success was based on what they did defensively. My friend, you know, I'm, uh, I, I do a podcast with Jerry Reynolds, used to coach the Kings. Love Jerry he, Reynolds. He just he says no, their offense. Their defense was was good. Their offense was great. But to me, the, and Jerry would know better than I, but I disagree. To me, it all started with how great they were defensively. They don't have that, and I think that's why they're struggling in a number of areas, including the, the third quarter differential. Um, yeah, it seemed like there's a lot of people, and I was listening to Steiny and Guru, and a lot of people were talking about, you know, you know, I, I heard a couple, I say a lot of people, I, I heard a couple callers call up and say, you know, get rid of pool. That, you know, the pool is, mm-hmm. is the guy they would move off of. Empty the pool? Um you know, I kind of see Jordan, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I kind of see him, especially with, with uh, you know, the injuries with with Steph out, that they kind of go as he goes. Um, and like last night, he didn't go. He, right. he shot three of whatever from the field. Yeah, and they didn't go either. But if he had had a big night, I think Golden State probably prevails last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's interesting that he's kind of you know the key cog in a lot of ways. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. 
It's Whitey and Larry in for Damon and Ratto. Would you run it back next year with the same core that's coming up next? We are sponsored by 5-Hour Energy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Whitey and Larry in for Damon and Ratto. It's been a lot of fun on this Friday. Looking forward to Warrior Basketball tonight. Larry, it's been great fun. Absolutely, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing so much about your moles. Appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and thank you for participating today at 888-957-9570. Uh, the Warriors here, before we get to... I know you got some interesting Tom Brady stuff we actually want to address. Would you bring it back next year, 23-24, with the same Warrior core? Let's say that, you know, we let's say this year ends up going about the way we think. Maybe they, they get check in, out in the first round. Or they check round. out early. Yeah. Would you bring back the gang, bring the band back together one last time? No. No. I, I mean, first of all, I think there's always, you know, hell, there's healthy turnover. I don't know that I would, you know, I'd bring back Clay, Steph, and Draymond. Um, but as far as the entire group, no, I, I try to mix that, it up. I mean, that's your championship core. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I would bring. I wouldn't bring bring back Iguodala. I don't understand what <laughs> what's, what it, what what would you say you do here? You know what mm-hmm. exactly what is? I don't see. I don't. What what does he do? He is he going to be available for postseason insurance. That's what <laughs> okay. the whole season. That's what they've said. Then of course they played him a little bit, and he plays what three games and throws his hip out. Which you know I hope he's okay, but I I don't know. And it it sounds doesn't it like they really almost had to beg him to come back this year. Like he was like I'm done. No, just come on, take come our back. money. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean I, if I, he's I, healthy, I guess he could help defensively too. He's making $1.8 million, so what a gig. Yeah. If you can get it. Um, I, 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 I like the upside of Patrick Baldwin. I really would love to see DiVincenzo back. Um, as far as Iguodala, Jermichael Green, Ty Jerome, Anthony Lamb, um, I like to, you know, not as much. Kuminga, I like. Looney, I like. I'm okay if they move off of Moses or uh, off of Moses Moody. Uh, I like Peyton coming back. Um, I'm not a big pool fan. I'll tell you the guy that I really think has got a, a lot of potential is Ryan Rollins. I think Ryan Rollins has has potential. Um, you know, he's a good sized point guard, but I think he's got a nice little face up game. I think he's there's upside there, um, and I I definitely would bring back Clay and Wiggins. So yeah, I guess Poole would be the one significant piece that I'd be open to moving and and. Um, you know, it would, it would be very interesting. I, you know, when you make the kind of money that he's going to make next year, that makes the options really limited as far mm-hmm. as what you can get coming back. And but I bet you there'll be some team that will try to divest themselves of an older player that would look at Pool as, at his age and contract the number of years he's right. under contract and say, hey, yeah, we can we can chur- turn things over. But then it's a matter of how, do, how does Golden State view yeah. Jordan long term? Yeah, so. It wasn't a great environment for him there, obviously, and he wanted to start. They didn't want him to start. One of his teammates punched him. That's what I wonder. I'm trying to remember the timing on Iguodala. And I'm sure people listening, and maybe you, Larry, will remember it more clearly than I. But I was wondering if that was one of the reasons why they really wanted to get Iguodala. Because they felt like, as good as he is for our culture, we may have some fracturing here after what happened between... Draymond and Jordan. It's just a guess. I, I don't have moles to have told me this, but I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons they really wanted him back is because he could help them deal with any potential fallout there. I don't know. I mean, I think just think they want to. They want to be. I mean, I, I think when I the first time I went into Chase Center, I thought to myself. Wow, the warrior business people have really, with the opulence of this palace, have challenged their basketball people to produce a consistent product so that it doesn't just drive off the cliff. Because it's an expensive arena, and will people want to go if there's this, you know this big down period? And I could under I so I I kind of was with Joe on the two timeline thing because I saw the business plan of the arena and I thought you know what he's probably going to need um, you know some this thing to be you know to kind of continue on longer than just a year or two to fill the arena um but now you know seeing where they're at i think you've got to kind of be a little bit more open-minded i think you know i I would definitely want to talk to steph and clay and draymond about about you know how they envision their twilight years with the franchise but um i think i would try to see what was out there and i'd be open-minded about pool you know in in uh i think this started with uh branch ricky and 
the great Bill Walsh was also a believer in this. Like in pro sports, better to get rid of somebody too early than too late. But in my opinion, in the NBA, when you have those truly elite championship difference makers, and they're rare, to me, when you have one of those guys, it's better to get everything you can out of them because you cannot replace them. So getting rid of a guy sooner rather than later, to me, in the NBA, nope. If you got a great, truly a great Tim Duncan, Steph, Michael Jordan, if you can, you hang on to them for as long as you can because there isn't another guy around the corner. Well, and it's so much more complicated than that, too, right? In the NBA, you've got to protect salary slots. You know, it was bad that KD left, but it was great that Bob Myers found a way to turn that into D'Lo, which he turned into Kaminga and Wiggins. And you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, protecting the salary slots oftentimes are a big part of being about being a GM. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the future holds for, for Golden State, but. You know, I do feel good about the organization and the decision making they've they've made. I mean, every if team's going to make mistakes. Back, I feel good about things. Yeah, I do too. If Bob's I like, not back, I I don't know. They, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little worried about like you know nepotism and exactly you know how how good um, you know would how how competent would the general manager be if it's somebody who has no experience being? I think a it'd be manager. someone like Dunleavy. I I know what you're saying. I don't think it's going to be a Kirk Laker, but but we'll see. And who I, knows? Maybe yeah. Kirk could be. I mean, Kirk could be five times better than than uh, Dunleavy for all I know. Larry, but, I apologize just, here because we only have a couple minutes, yeah. and I know you want, and I wanted to hear what you had to say about this notion from Tom Florio Pro Football Talk that Tom Brady the 49ers are still there's there's still a shot at that happening well yeah Mike Florio Pro Football Talk says that uh, that Brady signing with the Niners is still on the table and that, and that it could potentially happen I like your moles better than his I would say no I would say no I mean um, to me if now the the big question on the Niner offseason. Where is that coming from? I think he just is is of the belief that um that Tom Brady, you know, was open minded. And and why what's the what he's what's he pointing to? He's pointing to the fact that the Brady Fox deal doesn't start until twenty twenty four. And so Tom, you know, has this whole season to kind of kind of see what's out there and kind of play um, you know if there's a team that needs him maybe he would go there um, but to me it seems like if Brock Purdy's elbow thing is more like a six month deal and not a nine month deal I'm not interested in Tom and then also if I'm the 49ers and I'm Kyle Shanahan and I'm John Lynch and I really believe that Trey Lance you, you, if you have the same belief that Trey's going to fulfill his potential as you did on draft day when you when you took him then why? Then why are you bringing in Tom Brady? To me, the only way the Niners don't, the only way the Niners have any interest in this, is if Brock isn't coming back until December, and they don't believe that Trey is going to fulfill the potential that they originally, uh, you know, saw in him. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that, and and so you know, I, I, to me, I would just say no, no to Tom Brady. I, do, I think the third quarterback is a has to be a quarterback that can play and maybe even could start. But I'm thinking more like a Marcus Mariota. You know, somebody who could start, but also could be a third string guy. If you show up in camp and you've signed Tom Brady, Tom Brady's playing. He hasn't missed a game in six years. So, what if Brock then gets back and plays great? What if Trey emerges um, this year as a star? Then what? They're going to be blocked by forty-seven-year-old Tom Brady playing out the string. No, thanks. that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. it, to me, it has to be both. Purdy's not going to be available till Christmas time because of the surgery, and he needed a huge reconstruction. And they don't believe in Trey. 
Thank you, Larry. A lot of fun today. Hey, Great man, job. A lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Grandy. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you very much for listening. What's coming up on the game? Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Warriors live with my guy, John Dickinson, ahead of Warriors Houston from Chase Center. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.